Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I think some of that's coming to fruition a little bit because riding the market and making a profit for investors does not equal good operators. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Keith Nelson. Keith is joining us from Greenville, South Carolina. He is the fund manager of Dual City Investments. His company provides investment opportunities using strategies that differentiate them. Keith's portfolio consists of several different asset types in real estate. Keith, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Ash. It's our pleasure. Keith, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Well, I'll give you the short version because the long version is going to take longer than this podcast. Real quick, I was born in New York, Long Island, grew up there, middle-class family, working class, went to college there, graduated, became a special agent with the Drug Enforcement Administration. That's before I uprooted, met my wife. We moved down to Greenville. And after a couple other career stints, I got involved in real estate and been doing that since 2014. So you found real estate by accident. How did that happen? 
It wasn't really by accident. It was actually, I had a child and we were shopping for daycare. And at the time I was a middle school teacher. My wife was working in the dental field and we couldn't afford the daycares that we wanted to put them in. So I said, I have to find out how to do something that makes more money. So I did a Google search and the two things that came up were to become an author or to get involved in real estate. I actually became an author first, didn't make any money doing it. <laughs> so then I tried real estate. So that's how I found investment real estate. And what was your first property? What was your education? How did this all come about? Sure. So first property, as I was a teacher, it took me two years to acquire. It was a 12-unit apartment complex that myself and a couple ex-coworkers from New York, we ended up purchasing together. It took me two years to acquire that asset. And it wasn't from lack of effort. I was working full-time. I was doing this in my off time and just couldn't find much help on the commercial brokerage side. So after we bought that first asset, I said, look, if I want to build my portfolio, I need to do this full-time. So that's when I left the teaching profession, got full-time into real estate and got my broker's license to try to find the secret sauce of finding assets. And then quickly realized there was no really secret sauce, but at least I could find my own assets instead of relying on other people. So that's a quick path of how I got into it. You kind of took the long way. However, you skipped the whole single family duplex four unit route and went right to a 12 unit. Yeah, there was actually a story behind that as well. I went to one of those local groups, start pump for free, start investing and in, learn to invest in uh, rental properties. So I went to the first one. Then they, of course, they upcharge you for the next one, which is a couple hundred bucks. So I went to that one, spent the weekend there. It was like a big rah-rah, whole big thing about rental properties. And they had several speakers that, that were awesome, but they all said the same thing. They said, we started in single family homes. I grew my portfolio. I ended up selling it. And then I went into multifamily. And I heard that story probably three or four times over that weekend. So when I left, I said, well, why don't I just skip all that and go directly to multifamily if that's what everyone's end goal is. And they were selling it in indirectly. So I ended up not paying the large dollar amount to learn how to flip single family homes. I just learned on my own and how to get into more scalable assets. Keith, today, what types of assets do you own? Well, inside our fund, well, I guess personal holdings too. I'm product agnostic, which means I don't have a specialty any longer. I started in multifamily. I cut my teeth on that, but then that quickly got crowded. So the competition for good deals got so great, it kind of forced me to look in other directions. So from multifamily, I started investing in self-storage. From there, we looked at retail office. So right now we have everything from car washes to boutique hotel to industrial properties to retail centers to multifamily. So as long as the deal pencils and makes sense, then we do research on the market. And if they check the boxes, we go for it. You mentioned you had a fund. Are these deals that you're taking down or are these deals that you're helping capitalize? So I do have a couple assets that are owned by myself and two other partners. That's kind of my personal portfolio. We've held them for years. And I'm not saying I wouldn't stop there. I would, as long as I'm buying something that doesn't have the fund criteria. That's my primary focus right now is to get stable cash flowing assets inside of this fund. We think we do things a little different than everyone else and a little unique. So my focus is to really blow this up in 2023. 
What does that mean to blow it up? Well, just to raise capital, to acquire assets. I'd love to, by the end of the year, have 100 million under management in this fund. And this is our third fund, but this one has a lot of unique capabilities to it, such as there's no lockup period, right? So it's an evergreen fund. Investor wants to come in, take their money out the next month, they're free to do so. And we have liquidity triggers and all that to give us the capabilities to, to do that. How does that work? If I come in with a million dollars and a month later, I want to take that back out. Is there a penalty? No, there's no penalty. So we have lines of credit on some free and clear assets that we could pull. So if we have redemptions, we could access that capital if we don't have it in our accounts. And we don't like to sit there with a large amount of cash inactive, obviously. So we do have lines of credit that we can pull to liquidate. And we have 20% capability to liquidate that. We also have a trigger in there. So if more than 20% want to redeem their capital out, we can't continue to operate the fund unless those people are bought out first. So there's no more raising and we can't ignore them, right? So if we raise capital, that capital has to go to buy out those investors that want to exit. I would imagine for having the luxury of not having your money locked up, the returns have to be marginally lower. That depends. We use a benchmark and we like to double the public REIT ETFs. We took the three largest REIT ETFs. They're returning about 3.5%. And we like to stay in that benchmark around two times that amount because it is a private equity fund. It's not a REIT. We have it actually set up similar to a REIT where we distribute 90% of the profits. And then we do take an AUM fee, but that benchmark is our target. And this past quarter, we just surpassed the 7% return mark. So marginally less than some deals, but still greater than a lot of other options out there. And still trying to understand the business model. Are you doing a fund of funds model? Where do these assets come from? Are you and your team taking them down, closing on them? We could do it two ways. One, we could raise capital. So like any other fund and syndication and go buy it with capital. Two, we could purchase it with the lines of credit that we have and then raise against that to pay that down. And then thirdly, we actually have a tax-deferred component of the fund, and we do have a sister commercial brokerage company that we see a lot of deal flow from, and that's been giving us a lot of meetings, especially in this market with high interest rates and sellers and buyers really not connecting. We do have a tax-deferred exchange program inside the fund where we could take in an asset and issue units to that owner and then they become essentially an investor in the fund that we acquire that property. So we're acquiring both traditionally and a little bit non-traditionally with this tax-deferred exchange program. And you're not raising to get into other people's deals? No, it's not a fund to fund. Uh, we can do that according to our legal docs, but we have not. We're kind of paranoid about other operators. We are extremely conservative. This started as a friends and family only in 2014. This is our first fund where we take accredited investors only. So we are able to advertise and talk about it right here. So this is our first foray into trying to grow our network, trying to grow this fund and really take it to the next level. Got it. Okay. So you want to control the deals? I'd like to, but I'm not opposed to doing a joint venture with somebody as long as they're a good operator and we get to know them and obviously agree with their methods.
We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. It sounds like you've had tremendous growth since 2014. What was your secret to scaling? This is contrary to a lot of the gurus and advisors out there, but we put the investor ahead of us. And one, like I said, it was friends and family, right? So I'm not going to fee my grandmother to death because her capital's in our fund, right? So that was one reason. But the other reason was we didn't have to grow the company off of the fees. So we run it conservatively. We could put the investor first. We could pass off most of the returns to them and still run a really clean conservative operation. And that's the way we look at assets too. We are extremely cautious. Sometimes we're overcautious. And I think now it is playing out well because last year we grew our dividend from five and a half to 7% when interest rates were skyrocketing from Q2 to Q4. So I think that practice helped us grow the right way. And I'm not to say I took advantage of the market between 2014 and 2022, just like every other group, but we learned a lot of lessons. And fortunately for us, the market was going in the right direction. And I think we're applying those lessons now and it's, it's proving to be invaluable. What is your team made up of? What type of people? What type of people? Well, or their background, so to speak. <laughs> well, my co-founder of Dual City, uh, he actually was a, a retired FBI agent. So I guess we have a little bit of a federal law enforcement pedigree, but we're from Greenville, South Carolina. I have a Clemson grad who he's a financial analyst, essentially, or acquisitions specialist, and he's a whiz with numbers. I partnered with a CEO of a capital markets firm here in Greenville and he handles our loans and our loan prep and making sure that all that is squared away. And then we have investor relations people, marketing people, and asset management and everybody in between. In terms of all the different assets that you manage, what do you look for going forward? And what is a metric that you use to take down a deal? So I wish I could answer that in one concise answer, but I can't. When the deals cross our desk, it goes through several levels. So first, the broker will give us a pitch on why this is a good deal. Then myself and the management team will sit down, pick it through and say, okay, does this have legs? Does this fit our fund criteria? Is it cash flowing? Is it in a growing market? How are we going to manage it? Is there any value add? What's our exit strategies, plan A and plan B? And then we'll take a vote on whether we acquire that asset. But like I said earlier, we are extremely diversified in our previous fund that survived through covid did an awesome job with that diversification. We thought some assets would do poorly when other assets would do great. A pandemic hit and we exited that flawlessly. 
and we did a great job. So we're using that strategy here as, again. So we don't know what the future holds. Nobody does. We can predict what's going to happen in the next couple of years, but I feel our best defense against any market is extreme diversification and conservative underwriting, conservative management and operations. Do you have a favorite asset class going forward? Right now, or, or we are con- even in the present. In the past, it was multifamily, but like I said, that got extremely competitive and overpriced in my opinion. And I think we're going to see some adjustments in that in the first half of this year. But I love self-storage and we've been concentrating heavily on industrial right now. Do you self-manage or do you have property managers for all your properties? We use third party when we have to, but we do have an asset management team. If it's within a three-hour radius, we try to do it ourselves. But if we have something out of state or we don't want to deal with it, we'll hire a third party and use them. Keith, what's the hardest lesson you've learned in these eight years? Whether it's about friends, partners, deals, money, just a tough, tough lesson that our audience can learn from. Sure. The best lesson I've learned is riding a wave is not the same thing as knowing how to swim. And what I mean by that is we saw competition just come out of every place imaginable when we first started and they grew bigger and faster than we did. And we're sitting here scratching our heads like, what's going on? Why why are these companies buying these deals and, and they're raising millions and millions of dollars and we're sitting here passing on a lot of that stuff. And now I I think some of that's coming to fruition a little bit because riding the market and making a profit for investors does not equal good operators. Myself included, we learned some lessons on some poor assets, but fortunately for us, it was 2015, 16, 17, when the market was still skyrocketing and we were able to exit those assets while taking valuable lessons away and not taking a loss, returning a profit back to our investors. So I think the biggest lesson for us, and it made us probably even more cautious, is what I just said. Riding a wave is not the same thing as swimming. Thank you for that cautionary tale. Now, if you had to give our audience your best ever real estate investing advice, what would that be? Best ever real estate investing advice. I would say if you're dipping your toe in real estate and you really have a passion for it and you want this to be a career, you have to make the leap. You got to put the full-time effort in and it would be scary leaving behind a salary and a pension, but it is doable. I'm living proof of that, that putting all effort in and burning the boats behind you is something you have to do if you want to really succeed in this industry. Keith, what was the last asset that you guys took down? It was a portfolio of single family homes and mobile home parks. So you're still to this day, you're not opposed to taking down single families if the numbers work. If the numbers work. And this was kind of a rare opportunity. We actually had a really large owner financing component to it that helped us do this. And the per door price was still pretty reasonable in a, in a growing market. So we felt comfortable, but those deals are far and few between now, but yeah, no, absolutely. We'd still love to get into multifamily. And the boutique hotel, where is that? That is in Lake Placid, New York. Let's dive into uh, that if you don't mind. No, that's fine. One of my partners who has had hotel experience was trying out the commercial brokerage world and he was just looking on LoopNet one day and he saw this asset. We requested information, but it was from a residential broker. There was no OM. It came on like MLS printout. 
And that kind of piqued my attention of maybe we should dive into this. Maybe there's something there. And when we did our due diligence, we find out that we got it a really good basis. And the thing has been one of our prime assets since like 2016 or so. How many keys for that hotel? It's real small. It's, it's got three retail spaces and 10 efficiency units. But funny story with that is when COVID hit, we thought that hotel was going to be shut down. We even contemplated about shutting it down, but we didn't. In my previous fund, our multifamily was the one that suffered the most because they put the rent moratoriums in. No one was paying their rent. So there were no returns. The hotel was actually able to cash flow. We ended up raising rates. We were overbooked because all the people that didn't travel would come up and stay at our hotel. And we had kitchens and everything inside the units. So they didn't have to go out to eat and everything. So it was a pleasant surprise. It wasn't a planned surprise, but a pleasant surprise of how well it did. And we like it. We like to have it as a place to go and have management meetings and, and so on. A corporate retreat, so to speak. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming there is a local property manager that runs that? Well, actually, we have a staff up there and actually my partner runs it who's in New York, but more locally than I am. And it's just one partner, the two of you? No, that's three partners. Okay. Three partners. One's in New York, the other two are local here in Greenville. I was going to say, this is a lot to manage. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do it without my partners. I without the rest of the help too. So it's definitely a team effort. Awesome. Keith, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Shoot. All right, Keith, what's the best ever book you recently read? Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. What was your big takeaway? Biggest takeaway was having a goal or a dream without an action plan is just a wish. I have a mangled that quote, but this was very practical advice to a lot of the believe it into existence type of motivational talk and books that you've probably read and I know I have but I loved his approach to everything about avoiding mistakes is better than getting into something and trying to figure your way out Heath what's the best ever way you like to give back best way we've actually started some educational content on our website it's out there for anybody to watch we'd love to educate people on some simplistic terms all the way up to utilizing tax deferred strategies and some more advanced stuff. So we're putting that out there and I'd love that information to be out there. It was a little tough to find back in 2014. And Keith, what is your website and how can the best ever listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, I guess through the website is the best way. It's dualcityinvestments.com. Awesome. Keith, thank you for your time today, sharing your journey after having a long career with the DEA, going into education and then out of all things, not being able to afford a daycare that you wanted prompted you to go into real estate and you've had a great run. So thank you for sharing all of that with us today. Yeah, I appreciate it, Ash. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, Best Ever listeners, Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and Best Ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the Best Ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.